Crafty Radio, episode 276, on February 1, 2014. And welcome to the pre-Groundhog Day episode of Craft Beer Radio. Also, day before the Super Bowl, and cool, also cool jazz on Craft Beer Radio, and also the uh, Imperial Stout Show. My name is Greg Weiss, and I'm Jeff Bear, and we are going to give you five Imperial Stouts today. You know, we normally keep it in suspense, but I want to do a little teaser on what we're getting into. Like, here's what you have to look forward to in the show. Well, I mean, if if you read the notes, then you already know. But okay, so yeah, so we have a uh, five stouts here. We got the Founders Imperial Stout. Yes, we got Old Rasputin, Weyerbacher Old Heathen, Blackout Stuff from Great Lakes, and Ten Vitti from Oscar Blues. So, which one do you want to start with? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? Got to start with one of them. Let's go with the Weyerbacher. All right. Old Heathen Imperial Stout. Weyerbacher is out of Easton, Pennsylvania. Other side of the state. 8% alcohol by volume. Trying to look and see if there's any other information here that's not just plain old marketing. I don't think so. (laughs) Okay, seven types of malt and two varieties of hops, but they don't tell us which and which. The color, as you may expect, is black. Just plain old black. It's got a dark tan head. Yeah, there may be maybe some caramel highlights if you at, at the very edge, but it's just dang black. Yeah, it's pretty pretty deep there. I'm not seeing any highlights, even holding it up to over my head to the light. Okay. The aroma. Available year round, by the way. First thing I really smell is like a licorice type smell. Yeah, that's the first thing I smell too. I've been sitting out for a while. It's 60 degrees. That's pretty good. Licorice, a little bit of molasses. Mm-hmm. Kind of the standard go tos you would expect. A slight booziness, which again, I think is, is traditional in, in an imperial stout. It's not very malty or roasty. You know, we talk about the licorice, the molasses, maybe a touch of soy sauce, but not very much. Right. But I'm not getting too much of the, um, you know, gray bread, barley, malty, anything like that, really. If you go deep in there, there's a little bit of sort of a rye bread kind of smell. Okay. Maybe a toasted rye. I don't know where the rye is in here, but uh, mm-hmm. who knows? Hmm. Pretty heavy on the carbonation. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of kind of Belgian chocolate notes, and hmm. there's like a, a toast type character in there. Like, yeah, you know, pretty pretty deeply toasted toast, um, almost a little smoky. Some bits of coffee, a little bit of bitterness, kind of more of a, um, yeah, maybe a a, a latte more, more than just plain old coffee. 
Okay, yeah. But that's just a bunch of different dimensions of this. It's a slight, just very slight chalkiness uh, on the tongue. Which is, I think it's, is due to it really finishing pretty dry. Mm-hmm. So it gets this somewhat talk, chalky flavor. But the flavors themselves are, are pretty pretty dang good. And that it finishes dry means it really doesn't sit and linger and be bitter. Right. Which I appreciate a lot. Because some of these, particularly on the West Coast, they really like to throw a whole bunch of hops into an imperial stout. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, it can work in the right mm-hmm. circumstance. Right. But I like my Imperial Stouts to be real night, real malty, uh, and if you're gonna throw hops into it, balance is imperative. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree that this one definitely has an English type feel to it. Right. It, it uh, feels like you know one of the originals where it's not not too hoppy. There's some hops in there. Give a good bitterness, so the beer's not overly sweet. But at the uh, it's interesting how unmulty it is. I'm trying to figure that one out more. I'm trying to get my head around that a little bit more because it's got to be something, and I feel like I'm not doing it justice trying to describe that part of it. I'm going to try to work some of the carbonation out of here because I think that might be having a little bit of an effect on the taste buds. It's scrubbing them a little hard. So we're just going to swirl our beer around a little bit to kind of open it up. Vanilla mm-hmm. is coming through more. I'm getting more toffee. Yeah. Still nothing. Nothing that's outside our common, no. you know, glossary for or vocabulary for this kind of beer. It kind of all fits in, in, into that nice character. It's, mm-hmm. it's not particularly astringent. Doesn't really have a lot of fruity characters to it. So the 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 yeast is is not really adding a whole lot of. That's, that's a good point. It almost has. Um, a Baltic, like a Baltic porter type character to yeah. it, right? Where, you know, that soy sauce is a little more prevalent, where it's a little, um, how do I put it? I mean, you know, a little lighter on the body, um, a little, I, I was going to say a little cidery, but cidery almost always means a bad thing. I wasn't intending it to be a bad thing, but more of a, you know, a thinner body type descriptor. Well, I could smell the alcohol. I think it's hidden pretty well. In the mm-hmm. taste. It doesn't taste boozy. It actually, it, it's pretty dang satisfying. It, it's it's nice and dry. I, mm-hmm. I, I like that. I think this would go really well with cookies. cookies. I'm thinking chocolate chip cookies. Just, even just mm-hmm. a bag of plain old Chips Ahoy or whatever <laughs> would probably go really well with this. I can't. I can't fault your cookies. That would definitely taste good right about now. I wouldn't go with Chips Ahoy though. I want something a little bit uh, gooey. Yeah, I'd want something better. But I'm just saying, if you know, if you were forced, <laughs> forced. into the situation, <laughs> no, I don't want to eat Chips Ahoy. No, don't shove that down there. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go with Oreo too. So I'm, I'm thinking chocolate chip cookie. You need something with a little more sweetness, right? Because this beer is not so sweet. Yeah. That. 
the the actual Oreo cookie, right, is a very unsweet, you know, cookie. Yeah, you know, right. they they put all the sweet in the filling. So, um, actually, you know, the Oreo cookie itself is kind of an analog for the, some of the flavors in this beer. And what is that? It's kind of like a devil's food cake recipe, more or less, but, but hardened? I'm not sure. I remember hearing a story about Oreos and how they do Oreos around the world, right? They have different formulas for different cultures, for different palates. And the American one is that the cream is a lot sweeter and the cookie is not very sweet, kind of bitter and astringent, you know, it's very Mm -hmm. roasty. Um, And they use a sweeter cracker and less sweet cream in other parts of the the country. So, like, thinking of the... Well, they have those those vanilla Oreos that have the... Yeah, I was just more so talking about the traditional ones. Um, But, you know, think of a not-so-sweet, kind of bitter chocolate cracker, and that's kind of... The kind of things you're getting out of this beer, you know. That to me, that's just good. That's just good planning because you mm-hmm. want to have, you know, if you want to have a really good snack, you want to have the the combination mm-hmm. of um, of of those two flavors. If it's just overall sweet, it's you're not going to be popping into your mouth. But if it if it's got right. those that mixture, if it has that combination, then you're going to be much more willing to whoa, just shove them down your throat. <laughs> You know, that's what they want to do. That's what they make, want you to do, absolutely. Is, uh, they don't make more money by you eating cookies in moderation, that's for sure. <laughs> They're not that deadly that they shortens your life enough. What's next? I don't know. They're all going to be wonderful, I think. <laughs> oh... I haven't had this beer in years, and the last time I had it, it was a little slice of heaven, so I have pretty high expectations on this beer. Okay. Brewed with ten varieties of malted barley. Uh, So it should be, what, 30% better than the last one, since the last one only had seven types of barley. The last one, I thought, was it seven? Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, 10.5% alcohol by volume, 90 ABUs. It's available January through March, and this did win an award. It won uh, the bronze medal of the 2010 World Beer Cup. Ooh. I'm going to talk soy sauce. Give that a smell. Now, this is black again. Uh, the, the, head, the, the head is even darker. Oh, that smells good. <laughs> Founders is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hmm. Very, very deep, you know, soy sauce without the salt kind of aroma. So, you know, lots of umami mm-hmm. coming out. See, this one I'm smelling, you know, barley, roasted barley. Or the last yes, one I yeah. wasn't really getting that. So, I mean, this one is more like, hey, there's the smell that I'm uh, looking for that I'm But used really to. roasted barley. Yeah, really roasted barley. It, it's very saturated. It's very, it's almost like dripping with roast. Yeah, it almost, it almost feels like the aroma itself has a kind of thickness to it. Yeah, pitch black again. Almost like we're drinking milk stouts are so dark. Okay, let's have a taste. 
when you drink this one, it just starts laying down carpet on your tongue, right? It's just putting down big, rich flavors. And it's that, it's kind of how we're talking about how the, the aroma tastes like the aroma felt like it had body, you know, you can yeah. kind of feel that, that same kind of saturation in the beer, right? Where it's just like distilled um, yeah. roast barley essence, you know, just so strong and powerful. This definitely has a viscosity to it. Mm-hmm. It's not quite, it's not Dark Lord viscosity, but it's, right. it, it's getting up there. It, it, it's close to sort of a motor oil type beer. It, it feels heavy on your palate. It definitely sticks to the sides of the glasses. If you control yeah. the glass and hold the glass upright, the glass retains color, that's for sure. Mm. I'm almost wishing that I could, you know, can't just sit back and enjoy this one over a long time, you know, because <laughs> uh, it's certainly a sipper. It's it's really a different flavor than the Weyerbacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's more... Mm, it, it's. I keep coming back to that soy sauce. It's just a. It's, yeah. it's a good description. Uh, but w- what are the basis? Is what are the basis that it, it's? Soy sauce is fermented soybeans, so there's obviously some similar process going on. Mm. The more I drink it, I'm getting more vanilla. Getting a little bit of. I can't use as much licorice in this one. Not as much, you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not as much licorice as the last one. King of Vanilla. It's more yeah. kind of a really dark chocolate roast and, and, and a slight uh, slight charcoal note mm-hmm. to it. Especially in the end. So it's slightly more astringent. There's a little bit of fruitiness. You know, this has some of that fruitiness that we didn't have in the last one either. Yeah, right? a little plum, right? A little, little something plum or yeah. prune or I'm something. I'm thinking uh, prunes, maybe dates, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little more fruity. I think that uh, the yeast is contributing mm-hmm. more to this. I definitely have to have more of this beer. <laughs> like I said, it's probably been five years or more since I've had a Imperial Stuff from Founders. I, You know, we had it one year. And uh, actually, I think we had it sent in. It was before Founders was available in the market, mm-hmm. right? And um, then when Founders came here, I don't think Imperial Stout came to Pittsburgh for a while. And I, I saw a case of it when I did the beer club buy this week. I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, it's, it's it's one of those beers, you know, where you'd like. This feels like a cigar beer. Yeah, this is. I mean, I know you've you haven't well, ever smoked a cigar, but cigars give you sort of fruity tastes. Okay, uh, I'm not a big cigar fan, but it feels like a, a beer you sit back because a, a good cigar lasts an hour or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a good beer like this lasts an hour or two. Right. Put together, it's sort of a magical kind. Yeah, of Yeah, I mean that's the exact. I mean, without the cigar, I just can see myself, you know, wishing I had a snifter full of this. Yeah, and we didn't have to hurry through it, you know. That we could just kind of sit back, BS, you know, pretend this was the post show, pretty much, right. and just really take our time with this beer, and just sit with it and think about it. And a fire would help too. We could always pull up a YouTube video of a fire. It doesn't have the same ambiance. <laughs> 
We're definitely not hurrying through this beer. Yeah, we're taking our time. Maybe now we do the commercial. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, so cue up the music. There we go. Nice, nice subtle fade in. <laughs> um, as you know, if you're a listener of the show for the last year, we've been pitching the hell out of our Amazon store, where you never, ever, ever go to Amazon.com. Go to Craft Beer it's, Radio. It's a spam site. It, it, it'll it'll destroy your computer. It, with it's, viruses. it's worse than shopping shopping at Target with your debit card. Yeah. Um, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon and that will disinfect mm-hmm. all the nastiness. Make your computer run 10% faster so you might as well do it. I mean, it, even if you don't buy anything, go to it. It'll make your computer run 10% faster and then as... as The more you buy, the faster your computer runs. Well, that plus, I mean, you know, just being thankful for your computer running faster, you should buy, buy something. So, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, so um doesn't cost you anything more to do shopping at Amazon when you go through craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. All you need to do is do that, and we get a cut instead of Jeff Bezos. And, um, oh, we got our referral check for bluehost.com. We had a couple people sign up this year for website hosting, and it was a nice deposit, so... uh we're going to have to promote that one a little bit more. Okay. If you're looking for website hosting, Craft Beer Radio has been using Bluehost.com for eight years now. And uh, it's a great web host for the price. We've had a couple issues with our volume, but I've had I've been able to work around it by using more efficient programs and things like that. But it's six ninety five a month, and you get a free domain name and a pretty user-friendly um, website. It's nosquarespaces.com, but we're not, we don't promote those guys. So uh, Bluehost.com. And you can find a link in the notes on the show down below or on our website. There you go. By the way, uh, statements about the speed of your computer are not applicable in reality. No. All we can say is that um, it won't cost you anything more and you'll be supporting the podcast. So we're still working on this Founders Imperial Stout and please don't make us hurry up and drink this because it's so tasty. Mm -hmm. Well, let's try to delve into it some more. So, yeah. one of the things I remember from Denver at the Pines of Prostate was that sort of black garlic that uh, they had over at Dogfish. Dogfish, yeah. And there's some of the flavors of that are coming out here. A little bit of a pungency, a little bit of. Uh, well, it's hard to describe it, a little sweetness. Really interesting stuff. Not quite so sour. There, mm-hmm. There's a bit of sourness in there too, but so that's not here. The more I drink it, I, I am getting the hoppiness right because I just tasted something kind of citrusy. You know, I'm like, huh, that's interesting because it made me think of um, pomegranate and or um, what are those little things called? Uh, Kumquats, you know, something, <laughs> something along those lines. It was like, really? Is the hoppiness to me came, um, if you will, on the way back up when I had a little bit of burst of degassing. Degassing, yes, very good, way, very nice way to put it. So that is, yeah, I, I can see where where you're coming from there. It's it's still on the tongue, dark and chocolatey. And and deep, ten point five again. Not really <laughs> tasting alcohol. Yeah, that's what hides the booze pretty good. And this one could kind of uh, sneak up on you for sure. 
Uh, you know, when I mentioned the hops, I just want to clarify. You know, we talked about how we really, you know, both of our preferences aren't for those hoppy imperial stouts. This isn't, no. still isn't a hoppy imperial stout. We were just mentioning that after our tongues have got this used to it so far, now we can taste some of the hop character that they put into it. You know, it definitely has an American type feel as opposed to the Weyerbacher, which has yeah. an English type feel. Yeah. And I'm I'm okay with this level of hoppiness. This works because it gives it mm-hmm. some some a little additional character without overwhelming the the real star of the beer, which is the malt. And the malt should be the star of an imperial stout. Mm-hmm. I think you're doing it wrong if the if your if your imperial stout <laughs> is not starring the malt. Oh, that's good beer. If we uh, if we have a tough time figuring out number one, then we're having an excellent show because <laughs> that means another beer stood it, up to this one. We've already had two two great beers, I think, mm-hmm. and I believe more to go. <laughs> we should have several more to go. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that was the Founders Imperial Stout, and I'm slowly finishing off the glass. This is this is very unusual, and then I'm finished before you do. That's not often that happens. Yeah, usually like, I try to you know, keep the show going. Tick, 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 mm-hmm. tick, 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 tick. And this one is like, just please don't hold it against me that I'm taking my time with this one. All right. So, so why don't we go with the can? That's a really big beer. I mean, it's another ten and a half. I would like to save it for a little bit later, unless these are all ten and a half. Um, all right, well, let's go with the Great Lakes then. Blackout Stout is running at... It's only nine, so... <laughs> it's only running nine, yeah. There you go. Uh, ooh, I have, I have ingredients. I can talk about this beer. Stats. It's malted with Harrington Two-Row Base Malt, Crystal 77, Black Malt, and Roasted Barley. It's hopped with Simcoe and Northern Brewer. They say it has a shelf life of 270 days. Alcohol by volume 9%. Alcohol by weight, if you're curious. I don't know why you'd care, but 7.2%. IBU's 50, gravity 23 degrees. Plato. So this beer has the same gestation period as a human, huh? (laughs) Nine (laughs) months, right? Well, that's the shelf life. Right, right. Not gestation period. (laughs) It's taking some liberties. Can you please. imagine if if a beer was in a tank for nine months? I don't know. I mean, well, I guess you, you put it in barrels for a long people, time. People right? do it, but it's just not a moneymaker. Yeah. <laughs> um, great Blackout Stout. This is another Imperial Stout that I have. Actually, the three beers we've had so far, I haven't had them in at least four years, yeah. if not more. I haven't had these ones in a while. Um, and there's not a great reason why not. Um. Blackout Stout used to be a summer release stout. It's it's actually. Do you remember the big Midwestern blackout that they had? Twenty oh three. Twenty oh three. Yeah, uh, that's they they named this beer after that because you know Great Lakes always names their beers after local historical historic event, things. Yeah. You know Elliot Ness and Edmund Fitzgerald right. and thing, Burning River. And um, yeah, so blackout stout. So on the on the uh, label, you got a bunch of people hanging. Well, Dortmunder Gold isn't really named it. Right? <laughs> no, no, except for that one. You got a bunch of people hanging out on their porch during a blackout, you know, and guys bringing a case of Great Lakes beer. I remember uh, in, a, in an internet message board, I mentioned that uh, one of the best porters 
this was a couple of years ago, so I, I think mm-hmm. I think it's been eclipsed. But I mentioned at the time one of the best porters was Edmund Fitzgerald, and somebody was saying they named a beer after the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> and I said it, it was kind of a tribute beer. <laughs> it's based out of Cleveland. It's 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 kind of. I mean, it's not quite the same, but it's kind of like naming a beer after Pearl Harbor or something. It's like... No, no it's not or, the same at all. It's not... Well, I mean... It, it, it's like naming it after a car crash. Yeah, naming it after a 27-car a, a pileup or something. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a little sketchy, but, you know, it's such a good beer, it's okay. It works. All right, so Blackout Stout here. Is it just me, or, or, or is this sort of a bridge between the last two beers? Uh, I think you're right. I mean, it's not as roasty in the aroma as the Founders. Not as um, unroasty as <laughs> as the old heathen. So yeah, it definitely has the aroma in the middle. It has, a, has some neat smells going on. There's, there's a little something floral going on in the aroma. Um let me try to pull that out. I think it tops. Yeah, it could be. I mean, there, there's a roast, and then I was smelling something that reminded me of flowers, but uh, it could have been hops. I'm not getting it anymore. Again, just black. Maybe some brown highlights oh, in this one. Uh, this one actually lets some light through. Yeah. It's not a black hole. So first impressions on this one is it doesn't have it's not as viscous and full bodied as the founders, no. but it still carries a really good flavor. It doesn't taste light compared to the founders, right? It's, it's kind still- of an interesting kind of almost spice rack sort of flavor, right? It's got a little bit of of maybe a cinnamon type feel to it, and and maybe a little bit of nutmeg. It's got some interesting without without actually incorporating so, those spices. It, it's, it's not like yeah. when Sam Adams throws nutmeg yeah. into something, right? It, it's not super potent like that. It's just essence of. So don't let that throw you. Yeah, um, it, it, it's a little. I mean, like uh, yeah, but it does have a little spicy th- spicy story going on. That's kind of nice. I think as as much as as founders had some phenolic or had some estery things to it. Mm-hmm. This has more phenolic stuff. This has yeah. more spice stuff going on with it, which again I think is is attributed to the yeast mostly. Mm-hmm. This one's quite drinkable as well, yeah. but it's 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 um it doesn't feel like that cigar beer, right? As the last yes, one, yes. But it it doesn't change how much I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot more, but it 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 has the uh, drink me faster type call going on right it, yes I mean, it, that that's a great call you're absolutely right it, it it feels like it's it's really the sirens are singing yeah it's like drink more drink more drink more the other i mean the founders was really encouraging you to stop stop and think about stop me. think sip and this is encouraging you to drink more you're gonna eat it's it's, it's like a, a lays potato chip in that sense. <laughs> so you can't drink just one keep on keep drinking keep drinking uh, it it really has uh, I don't know exactly what that is, but 
It has that kind of potato chip. Oh, you got to eat more. I mean, it finishes a lot lighter on the palate, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not stuffed up with all that sweet boozy flavor that we had from the last one, right? The last one, you had to, you had to digest the flavors out of your mouth for a while. Where this one finishes nice and clean, and you're like, oh, those spicy flavors were good. Let me get some more. So I think that's part of how the finish changes how frequently you want to lift the glass to your mouth. It is really interesting. Let's see what we're we're drinking this at, just to make sure we're at the same temperature. Yeah, 63. I mean, I wouldn't recommend you drink these at anything anything lower than 60 degrees, probably. Because you're going to... If you, it, it, it's still going to be cold to your mouth. It's not going to be freezing, but you're going to get a lot more flavors out of it. Great Lakes says 55 is their serving temperature. Um, I think it's perfect right now. It's mm-hmm. 60, mine's a 61, and uh, it feels perfect to me. So I think anything colder, you're gonna it's going to close up a little bit more. Yeah, it's just it's just going to it's not going to have that same kind of pull. It, I but you. It would take some balls to, to on your label say drink at sixty sixty one to sixty seven. You know? Right, right. It, it's not people aren't used to that. I mean, I've I've heard of people going to England and say oh, they serve warm beer over there, and I, I don't think they serve it at ninety degrees, which is how it, it how it would have to be to actually taste warm to you, or at least taste mm-hmm. close to warm. Remember, your te- your body temperature is almost hundred degrees, so. Mm-hmm. Something at 60 is still 40 degrees lower than your body temperature. It's going to taste cold. It's just not going to be freezing. And that's good because cold shuts down your taste buds. Why do you think they Mm -hmm. want all those Coronas to be super ice cold? (laughs) So you don't know what you're drinking. Right. I mean, they made something for Miller. Is it Miller that they did that? Or was where it was Coors? Where oh, it, it shows on the can if it's cold enough so that you won't taste how awful it is. That's literally what they put on their can. Well, they literally put on the detector. Not because they didn't want you to know awful. Well, I mean, not because you should know it would taste awful if it was warmer. <laughs> well, there's a reason why people prefer it cold. Mm-hmm. And it's not because it tastes great warm. There's a reason people drink Coors Light, and it's not because they enjoy the complex flavors. Point to Jeff. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this Great Lakes is. Uh... See, this is great because I don't like. Do I want the cigar beer? Or do I want this one? You know, which one do I prefer? It'll be interesting for me to figure that out because they're... This is the most drinkable of them all. This is the one that's just like, pound this and then get another one and pound that. (laughs) It is very drinkable. Um, And even if you're... I mean, even if you don't pound it, you don't have to pound it. We're not pounding it. I mean, we only had six ounces and we still got three ounces to go, two and a half ounces to go. So we're not pounding it. Um but yeah, I mean, but the, you have that desire to. You have that feeling like, mm, I could take another sip right away. Yeah, this is the kind of beer where you like, you know, you uh, you know when you go to the bar and you have your first beer and it, it, you find an empty glass way too quickly, you're like, yeah. how did that happen? Yeah, this is the kind of beer that does that to you. <laughs> so we had chocolate chip cookies and then cigars. What's for this one? 
What's our companion? Hmm. I'm going to go add a I am going to go soft pretzels. Ooh. That's an interesting call. I'm still thinking dessert. So what came to mind immediately, the first thing that came to mind was apple pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's a little too much coffee aftertaste and stuff. I, I don't see apple pie working so well for me. Pie with coffee? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, a beautiful yeah, combination. I guess you're right. But right. the apples. I could actually, I would, I could see pumpkin pie working better than apple pie. Eh. Huh? No, I, I still think apples. And, and believe me, I'm, well, I've become an, a fan of apple pie when it's made right. <laughs> Which is, you know, I know, I know a guy who makes great pies. And he makes an apple pie that's unbelievable. I mean. Bonkers. It is next level bonkers. Uh, he makes great pecan pie too. Because before that, he used to like you know cherry pie and blueberry mm-hmm. pie, but not apple pie so much. But when you taste apple pie like that, you're like, oh, okay, this is what apple pie is supposed to taste like. That makes a lot more sense. I understand apple pie now. And and I gotta get you one. I'll get you one of them. Okay. So you can I've had it. some good apple pies, but I'm always up for it. I'm a big fan of apple pie. You know, when I said pretzels, pretzels, yes. But in particular, the places that deep fry the pretzels, you know, take the soft pretzels, drop them in the fryer. <laughs> I've never had one of those. You've never actually. had a no. fried pretzel? No. Oh my God, yeah, I mean, so good. It sounds delicious, right? I mean, it gets all crispy on the outside and bubbly. And, oh. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I never had a fried Twinkie before. I'm sure they're delicious. I'm sure they are. The, it, <laughs> I mean, you could basically fry tires and they'd probably <laughs> taste good. Oh, that was good. All right, so now we go on to Old Rasputin, North Coast Brewing Company. This is probably one of the first Imperial Stouts I've had, if not the first. Yeah, I remember us drinking this before. I remember this being... Uh, at the time we, we first had it, it was it was a little bit of a white whale, right? It was a little bit of a uh, of a get to have Are you talking this. about on the show or prior to the show? It was just at the beginning of the show, okay. right? I mean, when we when we got this, it was like we got an old Rasputin. Now it's it's certainly more common, but I mean, I bought it here in town, right? yeah. I mean, so it was, but yeah, I think I probably got it at D's. But I had had old Rasputin prior to Craft Beer Radio days, and I just have this feeling. I just got this gut feeling that you know my first Imperial Stout was an old Rasputin. So this is 9% alcohol by volume, 75 IBUs. I expect this one to therefore be pretty hoppy. If it wasn't Old Rasputin, it was probably Bell's Expedition. Which I had one of those this week. That was really good, too. It's a nice licorice beer, right? Uh, I remember, like, probably the last time we talked that about Bell's... It has Bell- actually licorice in it, doesn't it? No. It doesn't have brewer's licorice in it? No. I don't know now. Uh, I remember talking on the show a couple years ago saying, you know... Expedition wasn't the beer that I remembered. You know, it didn't. See, the last couple of times I'd had it, it wasn't as good as I remembered. Maybe it was a fondness of memory thing or something. But you know, I had it this year on draft. It was back up to where I hoped it would be. Yeah. So the question we have to ask ourselves is: Is that a, a thing of our evolving palates, or is it their changing recipe? That's some of the, one of those things that we yeah. can't necessarily answer. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Um, 
it without just, having information. It, w- from it, w- it was nice to have an expedition and be like, oh man, that's as good as I remember from the early days, and as good as I always wanted it to be. You know, and in not those disappointing years where I had it. So I was pretty happy to come across it. I mean, I absolutely think that there is sort of a a a, a good part and a bad part to to where we've gotten in terms of tasting beers. Mm-hmm. We're less impressed by a really exceptional beer these days. We don't go, oh wow, oh my god, the same way we did. On the other hand, we're a lot more understanding of flavors that come from beers, so we're a lot more willing to sort of go with what's there and yeah. and and search out and find the good parts. Yeah, the um the highs just aren't quite as high as they were. You know, right. we always chase, yeah. you know. We're, it's like we're, heroin, right? <laughs> the highs just aren't quite as high. We're trying to ride that snake all the time, but you just... <laughs> but we're connoisseurs of it. We, yeah. we can tell when it's good. But the, the thing is, though, from the angle of the connoisseur, there is a lot more good than from the angle of the person who is not a connoisseur, right? I mean, it, it's a mm-hmm. lot easier to find the good in something than it is if you're if you're not sure exactly yeah, what you're looking for. I, I think you're right. I mean, yes, we don't have the wow beers, the you know these transcendental angel singing beers as much anymore, if ever. But we we know what we're looking for, and we can find enjoyable aspects of many yeah. many beers. Where when you're haven't trained your palate as much, you know, you need those extreme out there flavors. To, to really register that, hey, this is different, this is good. Right. Um, and you're able to actually perceive more the more you practice. So we've talked about this before. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk from Wine Library TV calls wine tasting, beer tasting, it's exercise. You have to work on it. Absolutely. And, and um, it's practice. I mean, just like anything else, just like playing guitar or playing yeah. basketball, you got to practice to stay good, to, to be good and to stay good. I mean, I used to think that, oh, everyone can taste this stuff. It's just those those writers, those reviewers, they know how to put the vocabulary to it. It's not just putting the vocabulary to it. You actually can't taste things yeah. without practice. It's um, we, If we go back and listen to the show where we talked about color and vision, and I was so stunned you know, the way the brain perceives color when you're a baby, you don't see all the colors. You actually have to learn to see color. And it's just like beer. You have to learn to taste certain flavors. But I want to get off that soapbox and get onto the spear. This was the Beverage Tasting Institute rated this at 91 points. Exceptional. That's what they have on their website. It smells like a hoppy mess, doesn't it? It's it's really 75 IBUs. That means it's pretty hoppy. It does smell hoppy. smells roasty, too. It is dark. (laughs) If any of these were light, I would... (laughs) I would seriously question what the heck was I mean, going on. I, I smelled the first one, and it was kind of a... Uh, I smelled like Simcoe. I want to say, like... So I don't know. Maybe I'm flying into the whole marketing or just trying to you know sound smarter than I am. But, like, for some reason, Palisade rang a bell. Like, But I'm not sure I know what Palisade <laughs> smells like. But I smelled it, and I'm like, that smells like a Palisade hop. But... Hmm. I'm not sure I can say that because I... Yeah, I don't know. My subconscious knows, and I don't, apparently. 
We're definitely getting hops coming out of this. This is considerably more mm-hmm. hoppy than anything else we've had so far. Those crazy guys in Northern California. Yeah, we're hitting West Coast here. A little sulfur, a little bit of sulfur in the aroma too. It's a little skunky or I mean, not skunk as in light struck, but aggressive hop. Yeah. Type skunkiness over over resiny, yeah. and that that carrot that follows through in the flavor. The hops are are dominating in a way they shouldn't be. I feel it. it it's like again. I mean, you know, I've said it before in, in in this very episode. If if the hops are playing the the major part of the role. In the beer, and the malt is not. I kind of think you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. We've had three great malt forward things, and and maybe you know if you taste this after an IPA, this would taste really malty. Mm-hmm. But compared to the stuff we just had, this tastes very hoppy. This tastes almost like a, 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 a like a double black IPA or something. Mm-hmm. It does a little bit. Put it in the cellar for a couple of years. Let those hops fall to mm. the bottom of the bottle. Yeah, it, it feels like there's... It feels like there is a good, a really kind of interesting, nice, chocolatey, mm-hmm. malty st- thing going down there. But then it's just overridden with all these hops. Yeah, the... Um, definitely, in like the late aftertaste, just... It almost has a bit of an IPA thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's excuse me. Um, I'm trying to think. What's North Coast's IPA? It's um. Let me see. I can get the answer for you. It's. Uh, Do they have one? I, I'm drawing a blank. Well, they have a Acme California IPA. Okay. I've not had that one very much. I've only had it once or twice, so I'm not, not familiar with what it tastes like. I mean, North Coast Red Seal is the is the one we get the most. So that's kind of a hoppy amber. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, when I was thinking IPA, I was like, you know, this reminds me of one of their not not nearly as far north as as Fort Bragg, but um, Bear Republic Racer Five. You know, kind of has. And kind oh, of, what a great beer! <laughs> but but the kind of the hop character I'm getting off of this reminded me of a Racer Five a bit. Yeah, a little, a little. Racer Five has a really great. It's it's. I think race fries may be more balanced than this. Weirdly, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least with race fries, my expectations are slightly different. <laughs> right. is, is that, that's probably more likely. Right. When you call this like a double black IPA, that's kind of a good way to put it. I mean, it's kind of there's a little more roast than in a black IPA. But like, if you you know, if you're doing an imperial black IPA, double black IPA. Uh, you know, I would, I would say, yeah, that's that's what this is. Yeah, you know, where, like we said early on, even before we tasted this one, you know, this is not the kind of beer we're looking for when we're drinking our favorite imperial stouts, which is a shame because I I have fond memories of mm-hmm. old Rasputin yeah. being a great imperial stout. Well, and that was before I think these more these other ones came mm-hmm. along or. Or before, really, the black IPA thing came along. I mean, the thing is that 
now there there really is a, a different place where you can put this where it really fits yeah. extremely well. That's a good point. I, I, I'm trying, you know, you can't put yourself back in that place from 10 years ago or whatnot. No. But, like, I'm thinking, like, this can't be that old Rasputin that I had nine, ten years ago. No, I, I absolutely think it can. But because it could, yeah, maybe I just couldn't taste it. You know, maybe I didn't. I have, I want to point this out, I have balls and penis in my, <laughs> in my beer. And I take a picture of that. Uh, here we go. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know it's silly to derail a show with that, but it, it it's just... <laughs> It, it's kind well, of too looks, pretty. From my side, it's eyes and a nose, but you know, it's just kind of too pretty to to not. Greg's gonna get tea bagged when he drinks that yeah. beer now. It, j- it just happened to. <laughs> he has there's a solid thin layer of foam all the way across the top of his glass, except for three little circles that are perfectly arranged as two dots in a yeah, <laughs> and a wiener. If you put this in a black IPA show, this would go. This would be great. It'd be hard. I I, I would want to agree with you, but until you're there, yeah, you know, this, yeah, it's true. this one might taste like super roasty. But, but what to, I'm what I'm trying to point out though mm-hmm. is that it's a good beer. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really tasty. It has a lot of things that I like mm-hmm. about it. But as an imperial stout, in terms of what I'm looking for, in terms of the show. It doesn't measure up, but it's still, I mean, it's yeah. very drinkable. It's not overpowering in its hoppiness in, ter- in, in general. It's overpowering its hoppiness mm-hmm. in terms of the other Imperial yeah. Stouts. The more had. I drink it, I'm getting a little more calibrated to the whole flavor. And it's it's it doesn't taste out of bounds, you know, in any particular way. No, no foul is is being called here. But yeah, I mean, just compare, you know, when we line these up, you know, it's going to have to get sit pretty far down because we just like those malty, roasty ones better. I always like a good booze flavor in my Imperial Stouts, too. We haven't really had much mm. booze flavor, but I like, a, I like a little alcoholic, you know, kick to the flavor as well. You get that in, I, I think you're getting that more. I mean, brewers, I think, are getting better at hiding the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And you start to get them really when you get into those like fifteen to eighteen percent beers. That's when you start to really notice <laughs> Only it because it, it's hard to find. Like you know, the brewery has has a bunch of those, and some other mm-hmm. uh, brewers are doing that. Yeah, good point. Just you know, that's kind of an attribute that I like in some of my favorite my in my iconical favorite imperial stout. Lots of roastiness, some of that fruity. Even though I like the spicy too. And then, you know, just a little bit of booziness. This would be sort of your theoretical, yeah. you know, your, your perfect, your perfect Imperial Stout, yeah. Well, let's finish on the can. This is, of course, Oscar Blues 10 I, Fitty. I expect this to be hoppy as well because they say it's 98 IBUs. That's <laughs> a lot. I had a bit of sticker shock. You know, I bought all these beers... It, as a case, you know, bought twelve cases of beer. This one was seventy nine ninety nine a case. It was yeah. That, this is this is expensive, but actually, when you beers. when you you sent me that number before, mm-hmm. and I thought that was actually relatively cheap because I've seen it for more. Oh yeah, I've seen it for over a hundred dollars. So really? yeah, golly. 
So this is a very, very dark beer with uh, with a tannish head. 98 IBUs, 10.5% alcohol by volume, two-row malt, chocolate malt, roasted barley, flaked oats, and hops. They don't tell me what hops they are. They suggest that this is the ultimate celebration of dark malts and a boundary-stretching beer. We and you shall be the judge of that if you taste it. You know, a couple years ago, I made the statement that, you know, this is the most insane beer ever put in a can. But canning has become so prevalent these days yeah. that, you know, it, there's plenty of, oh, look at that. On the bottom, they mention which brewery came from. Why came is from, it? came from the Brevard, North Carolina. Is they have Blues a couple brewery. different breweries? Well, they have two now. They have Oscar Blues in uh, Boulder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they opened the new one in Brevard, which is outside of Asheville. Cool. And I, I figured this one came from Asheville. I just didn't expect that on the bottom ring of the can, they boldly say um, where it was made. That's pretty cool. So on their website, they suggest salted chocolate truffle with this and, weirdly enough, seafood. Seafood. Let's see how that... I, I guess what they're thinking is oysters. What's this? How do you say that word? The third one there. Cancupiscent? <laughs> and what does it mean? Cross-eyed cyclopean cancupiscent. I don't think that the those two words, as far as I know, they don't mean anything. <laughs> well, cross-eyed and cyclopean are kind of Well, I mean, I guess cyclopean right? means one eye. Cancupiscent I have no idea if that's even a word. But it'd be perfectly cromulent if it was a word. <laughs> it would be. And now you have an alliteration. <laughs> All right, so the the room on this one, it's... That's a little boozy. It's boozy, but it's also a little fusel, right? It's a, it's a little hot. It's a little... A little. A little, little, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's not the good boozy. It's the bad boozy on the aroma there. Let's let it volatilize a little bit. That's it. I'm going to start swirling and stuff. Hopefully get some of that yucky, yucky smell out. It's not quite nail polish remover, but it's hot. It it smells hot Sometimes I think that this may be a disadvantage to cans in in that I think that maybe they may allow more fusels to come out. I don't know exactly why that would Hmm. be the case, but I think that I think I seem to notice that that in cans, there's slight, they, there can be slightly more fusel. Things. I, I haven't. Whether seen, that's a, a confirmation bias or something, I don't know. I haven't noticed such a thing myself. I mean, the the logic would be that oxygen infiltration of a bottle cap is good for mitigation of fusel. Right. Fusels. Small amounts of oxygen. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, it causes probably that kind of theory. Is probably fraught with peril because it causes more problems than it solves, right? Well, to call it a theory would be fraught with peril, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Conjecture? Yes. <laughs> Wild speculation? Very much so. Yeah, that, that's kind of a bummer on the nose there. Yeah, it's, it's a little kind of... nail polishy, isn't it? Yeah. It's not really going That's, away. That's a tone on it, yeah. You know, I, I've come to the point where I expect pretty clean beers to come out of cans. Yeah. Actually. So when I smell this, like, acetone thing coming out, it makes me sad. Especially this is interesting. On the can, it says infinitely recyclable. I 
doubt that's true. Well, no. I mean, I've seen that with aluminum. Aluminum, you can well infinite. Infinite. Okay. Means different. In the in the waste stream, infinite means something completely different. Yes. In the waste stream, it means you can recycle this thing a thousand times, and you still have. 90% 90% of the aluminum you started with. How about yeah. that? Okay. I, I'll, I'll buy that. I'm a stickler of <laughs> certain points. though. No. You know me. I'm so, a little bit of an Abed. On the bright side, I just took a sip, and I wasn't overwhelmed with the acetone, the nail polish remover. I didn't really notice it too much at all. So, I'm going to go from there. I'm going to try not to breathe the aroma coming <laughs> off the beer. Just don't breathe it. I mean, that's what I'm going to try to do. I mean, we've had beers in the past yeah, where yeah, 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 if yeah. you can you're abs- you're absolutely right. get past the aroma, the beer doesn't taste so bad. No, that's not going to make for a number one beer of the night. But from the first sip I took... This is it's kind not, of a toffee-like thing. Don't you, don't you yeah, that? I mean, from the first sip, this isn't Dump Bucket. You yeah. know, the aroma was indicating that it could have been Dump Bucket. Right. But from the flavor, it's working, so... This is more of a caramel thing. That but see, I can't drink a beer without smelling. I just did it again. I just put it up to my nose. Yeah, and- yeah. We're we're so used to. I mean, and and we know that aroma is a part of the flavor that it just comes into it. But yeah, this is this is more of a toffee thing going mm-hmm. for than any other ones. It's more on the caramel side. It's yeah. like it's like a salted caramel. Uh, and that, that you're really, you really nail it there. I mean, there's some roastiness, but yeah, it, it's a, definitely the sweetest beer of the night, and you get some great toffee type flavors from it. Salted caramel is is a good pool. At ninety eight at ninety eight IBUs, it doesn't taste. It's not nearly toppy. as hoppy as yeah. a seventy five IBU um, old Rasputin. What is the ABV on the old Rasputin? Did we say nine uh, percent? Yeah. So this is a percent and a half more. So you would need more IBUs to keep it balanced, right? And, yeah, you need more IBUs, but I think also the sweetness don't, don't means that. Sorry, the sweetness of the caramel stuff means that you do need more hops to sort of balance it out. Now, don't forget that IBUs don't necessarily mean hoppiness, right? If you add, well, yeah, it's bitterness, right? So ten fifty might have added all their hops. Early in the yeah, in early in what so you and, you generally get it's not always the case, but you generally get almost all your bittering early. I I think that the whole thing where you don't get any aroma from from early stuff is is wrong. I think that, I think that's a little simple, but you mm-hmm. generally get most of your bittering early, and you get your most of your flavoring late in terms right. of your hop edition. Yeah, so I mean, almost certainly North Coast has a flavor edition at about 15 minutes right. ago, where from the tasting the 1050, it does not taste like they added much, if anything at all, towards the end of the boil. So they added 95 IBUs worth of hops right at the beginning, because they knew they were making a pretty sweet, mm-hmm. high alcohol beer, and they wanted it to be balanced. But they knew they also didn't want to make a double black IPA. Yeah. <laughs> right. So actually I'm really enjoying this. That that sweetness is kind of like a creme brulee. It's really Yeah, the flavor's really good. Why is the aroma so shitty? It's the aroma I mean it's still bad. Yeah. The aroma is still the aroma bad. is still 
It's still a little plasticky, a little acetony, mm-hmm. but the flavor is delicious. I, I, I don't have a good explanation for that. It has to count against it, unfortunately. It does. I mean, because for us, the aromas, I mean, it, it's... It's an hard. important part. Well, it, it, it's it's very hard work for us to drink the beer yeah. without smelling it first. Well, I mean, look at it like... Get the clothespins out. Look at it like Iron Chef or Chopped, right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. plating plays a role. Mm-hmm. The, the aroma in beers plays a role. And if you don't have that, you know, you don't have all the, the things awesome, then you're going to lose some points. And frankly, this loses some points for having a kind of acetone aroma. But mm-hmm. the flavor is the flavor is great. delicious. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what I remember from Ten Fifty. You know, I'm, you know, the caramel keeps coming back, and actually got a little bit of a milky, mixed out thing going on. Almost like so, you know, let's combine the two and let's just like cut it a dolce de leche or something like that. You know, there's a there's a oh, it's it's pretty good. Mm. It's, it's it's really a shame the aroma is all messed up on this. I mean, not just a little messed up. It is big time messed up. It is, yeah, and 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 it, it's too bad. But I, but I am glad that it's not. It doesn't hurt the beer itself, mm-hmm. so you can still drink it, and you you can be. I mean, maybe another can. If if you picked around the random can, it might not be uh, bad in terms right. of the aroma, but. The flavor, I think, is is really what you're getting out of it, and it, and it works great. I'd love to taste this off the tap. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, if we had more of this, you know, we got as we get more acclimated, you know, we might be able to pull some of those aroma bad flavors out of the flavor. But as it goes right now, there's so much. It's such a saturated mouthfeel and flavor of so many things that even if that acetony flavor is in there. And it's pretty. That's a pretty sensitive flavor. You're able to pick that up at pretty yeah. small volumes. You know, it, it's it's interesting that we're not tasting it, but it's such potent part of the smell. It's really, it's interesting and a shame at the same time. So this tastes. I mean, it tastes kind of like that. So give us a wicked hangover, probably. Yeah, the, the the flavor that that I think it most resembles is you had a box, box of chocolates. You find the best chocolate is the one with the. With the chocolate and caramel, mm-hmm. that's the one. That's this. Mm-hmm. That's this beer. It, it's it's a great flavor. It's the kind of flavor you look for. But I really wish it didn't have that aroma. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Ranking ten. Rank some beers. So we had five Imperial Stouts tonight. Sort of. And <laughs> we had four Imperial Stouts. <laughs> in a double black IPA. Right, yeah. Um, good point. Let's go with... Um, 10 is going to have to be the uh, the loser for me tonight. The, okay. I, I, the flavor was fine. But that aroma, it just... It ruins the experience. And I just can't... I can't in good conscience put any of the other beers in front of it. Or, or behind it. With such a glaring technical flaw as that that fusel acetony uh, aroma, and then in number four, I'm going to put. I feel bad about this one. I'm going to put the old Rasputin because of um, you know 
it just tasted too hoppy. It's just not a personal preference of mine. However, towards the end of my six ounce sample, I was digging it. It just uh, not as good as the other three. Uh, let's see, number three is going to be the Weyerbacher. Perfectly enjoyable. It didn't have some of those more roasty, malty, and um, you know estery flavors that I, that I really prefer personally in Imperial Stout. Now it gets really tough. Great Lakes, the drink me, drink me, drink me siren song, or the mm-hmm. hang out and sip me uh, founders. I'm going to give the Great Lakes the win by the by a hair. I just really thought that was put together well. They're both wonderful beers, but um, I'm going to give the Great Lakes a slight edge. I'm going to mostly agree with you. Hold on a second. Let me finish typing out this so we have it for the show notes. Uh, my my f- last beer is uh, actually the old Rasputin. I, I, just because it didn't fit the rest of the profile, uh, the rest of the show. But I think if, you, if we were doing a Black IPA show, it would do rather well. Uh, if they were to rename it a black IPA, I'd be like, "Yeah, this is a great black IPA." <laughs> uh, the ten fifty, while it, the aroma was iffy, pretty awful. Yeah, the the flavor was great, and if you could just hold your nose and and, and go for it, man, you're going to get a great flavor out of that. So it, it's worth it for that. Try to get it fresh. No, I, I don't know. Try to not get this can. I mean, yeah. who knows? Maybe the rest of the case yeah. is good, but um, you know, the rest of the case is dispersed amongst many of my coworkers. The rest of, of my rankings are exactly the same as yours. Weyerbacher with third. I, I, I think it was it was fan, it was a great beer, but the other beers had more character to them. So that you know that itself brings up that the founders was next where we just were sipping it and we just we wanted to keep just sipping it and sipping it and sipping it over and over again but then that blackout stout man we just wanted to drink more and more more of it so that plays a role in terms of how we look at it and man that just just the effect of wanting to drink more and more the spiciness of it you know that was a really that really won me over some of the spiciness of the blackout stout was really intriguing and interesting all right, I guess that's about it for this episode of Craft Beer Radio. And uh, let's see, there we go. Cool jazz, Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under a Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. You can contact us via 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 Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear. The clarinet player over there, or soprano sax, is uh, at regular sax. CBR Greg. No, that's not regular. That's soprano. Is it? Well, okay, whatever. That's not an alto sax. That's a soprano. There was uh, a picture of a guy with an alto sax in the video, so. Mm. No, maybe. Let's go back to the actual song. Let's see here. That is see? an alto sax. Yeah. Mm, maybe, but it is a video. It's not Kenny G doing this song, mm. so you're right. I should play the. I should learn this song. Anyway, uh, beer at craftbeerradio.com, and we will see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>